It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to wall. Wall, measures, deal, gets open for three. What is up, guys? Welcome to Locked On Wizards, a part of the Locked On Network, your daily news from local experts. My name is Quinn Mayo at T-O-Q-M underscore on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow me there, check out my flicks. Um, my co-host, she is not here today. That is the Becca MVP, the first lady of the D.C. family. No worries. She's fine. She's good. But um, honestly, it's probably best that she's not here for this one. You know how she gets. It was a nasty one at Oracle last night, 144 to 122. The Wizards. Took that L at Oracle, but I guess the biggest storyline, or not I guess, I know, Steph Curry dropped 51 points in just three quarters. Yes, I said it, and I will say it again. 51 points in just three quarters. He shot 11 for 16 from three-point range. Not 11 for 16 on the night from the field. Not 11 for 16 from the free throw line. 11 for 16 from behind the three-point arc. And when I say behind, I mean 28 feet, 30 feet. 32 feet. He even had a 34-footer in there. He was doing it all last night, and it was a spectacle to watch. Taking yourself out of just being a fan, to watch a performance like that from one of the best players the game has ever seen, one of the best shooters, if not the, actually the best shooter, I'll say it, the best shooter this game has ever seen, to watch that performance last night, you can't be mad. The Warriors are a really good team. This team has five all-stars on it, and Steph Curry is literally the driving force of why that team is so darn good and you saw it on display last night he did his thing in 31 minutes 51 points 15 for 24 from the field total uh 62 percent on the night he made all 10 of his free throws and uh, kd also had a night too kd had 30 points and only went one for three from the three-point line so steph took enough threes for the entire team clay only had one three he's one for five last night he did everything he had to do he literally carried this team by himself so um we're gonna dive into it here we're going to take our time. We're going to have some fun and, uh, well, as much fun as we can. But, guys, just just shake it off. It's the Warriors. The Warriors are going to warrior. The Steph Curry. Steph Curry is going to Steph. It's just it's just that simple. This team is that good. They're on their way to a three-peat, I believe. A three-peat. The best team, arguably, to ever play the game of basketball in the NBA. So, everybody just take a chill pill um, and we'll dive right into it. So, this is the most points the Wizards have allowed as a team. Since 1992, now in 1992, the Wizards gave up 150 points. Now, if Steph Curry would have played the fourth quarter, 
<laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure they would have blown this 144 out the water. They might have dropped 175 points, maybe 180. Steph was that hot last night. He was, he was on. And when I say he was on, he was on, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but enough about Steph. Enough about the Warriors. We know how good they are. What did we get from the performance that the Wizards displayed last night? And I got a few things I want to talk to you guys about. So I just bear with me. Take, take, take some time to you know sit down and. And allow me to tell you what I feel the Wizards did last night. We'll have a fun, fun time. Now, the Wizards have been outscored by an average of 6.5 points per game. Now, you can see why there's a dilemma there. That's uh, That ranks 5th worst in the NBA. 5th worst in the NBA. So, that means that they're not scoring on the offensive end. They're not scoring points, and they're 4th to last in assists in the NBA. You know what that means. The offense is stagnant. Not enough sets being run. There's no motion. It's a lot of ISO ball. It's five out. And I've been saying it on Twitter. If you follow me, shameless plug again, at TOQM underscore on Twitter. It's called five out. If you go back and watch the highlights from this game or the lowlights, what the Wizards do is you got two players in opposite corners, two players in the wing. You got your point guard, top of the key. Nobody's in the paint. Nobody's running any off-ball screens, no motions, and I feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over again on every single podcast. There's no offense being ran. Now, mind you, the Wizards did score 122 points. You know what I'm saying? So it sounds like a great night. They had 71 points at halftime. They, they were shooting 52%, and uh, they had six players on the night in total in double figures. So the team did do well offensively, but – this is when your team is really tested. This offense is good enough, and the talent is good enough, to run iso ball all night long and beat teams like the Knicks or beat teams like the Grizzlies. They'll beat the Grizzlies and, and Sacramento and maybe the Clippers. They'll, they'll get these wins on the West, but that's because they're just talented. And when you play these upper echelon teams, like the Raptors, who haven't lost a game this season, like Golden State, when you play these upper echelon teams, you got to have more than just talent. You have to run plays. You have to have some motion. You have to do everything you can to make the opposing team, especially of this caliber, uncomfortable. You have to make them uncomfortable. You have to make them work for it. You have to keep them on their toes. And last night, it just didn't do it, especially on the offensive end. Uh, we had a scare early on in the game. Bradley Bill had the uh, chest contusion, but he came back and he – he did his thing. He was the story for the Wizards last night. Bradley Bill had, what, 23 points, 10 for 15 shooting. Only hit one out of the four shots he took from behind the arc. Um, but he was probably the best thing the Wizards had going last night. John Wall, 13 points, six assists, too many turnovers. Four, not good. Not good at all. Kelly Oubre, though. Kelly Oubre had a game. 17 points. He went 50% from the field. Three for six from three-point range. I joked on Twitter last night. I said, it looks like KO was trying out. For the Warriors, he was coming up the, the court, jacking threes, making them. He was looking good. He was decisive. He had the buzzer beater before half. He was pretty impressive last night. So um, he, he must know it's a contract year because he went to Portland and balled out. I think he wants to go to the West Coast, guys. I think he does. He balled out in Portland, him and Markeith. And he went to Oracle and was like, well, there's going to be a lot of people here, so I might as well do my thing. He almost had a crazy putback slam last night, too. So I think KO likes the West Coast. I think he's trying to get paid this offseason. But um, all jokes aside, Kale was very impressive last night. Um, he was just probably him and Bradley Bill, stories of last night. Um, 
Another thing we can talk about. I keep I, I hate to keep bringing up Steph Curry, but I just thought about the MJ shrug that Curry pulled off after he hit that one three. Runs up the sideline, shrugs, looks like, I mean, hey, I think he even told the press and media after the game, he said uh, when he hit the 11-3, he just said it was weird. <laughs> he said it was weird that all these shots were going in. He felt weird about it. So I, if that helps you guys, you Wishes fans, sleep better at night that, I mean, Curry dropped 51 on you, but he felt weird about it. <laughs> he felt weird about doing that to you guys. Um, uh, he hit the MJ shrug, and MJ, I mean, He's a Wizards slayer, too. He had two 50-point games against the Wizards during his tenure in the NBA. Well, most specifically when he was on the Bulls. Um, he had two 50-point games against the Wizards, and Curry joins that rare air. So, I mean, that shrug, that shrug came in, in, good, in good context. Back to the Wizards, though. <clears throat> um, if you look past the night, the Wizards have to do more on offense. You gotta, you can't keep getting out-rebounded. They got out-rebounded again last night. Um People think that just getting Dwight Howard back is just going to solve these issues that they're having and rebounding and all around defensively and, and scoring-wise. And to a certain extent, I do agree, but it's got to be a foundation to build upon. And if you don't have that foundation to build upon, Dwight Howard might not be that answer. I mean, he's a good player, mind you. He's a good, borderline great player. Um, He had a really good year last season in Charlotte. He had all-star numbers last year. I said that in the first podcast. He had all-star numbers last year. So this addition is definitely something that the Wizards should cherish. But you got to do a little bit more. You can't cry over spilled milk. You got to get things done. And I'm not even specifically talking about last night at Oracle because last night, I mean, that's the Warriors. That's Steph Curry. Steph Curry was a unanimous MVP. So let's just get that out of the way. KD was an MVP. Let's just let's just chill here. Let's just chill. But in general, we're talking about the future and we're talking about collectively as a team, maybe even over the past two, three, four years. This team has to have a foundation. They, I need Coach Brooks to start implementing some offense, implementing some off-ball screens, some free motion. Um, it just has to be more locked in on the offensive end. The offense just looked so bad last night. And last night it really showed. It definitely showed. So let's take a look here. The next three games of this West Coast road trip, you got the Kings, the Clippers, and the Grizzlies. Um, all three of those teams were lottery teams last season. The Kings on the season right now are two and three. The Clippers are two and two, and the Grizzlies are two and two. So these are all three winnable games. And then after that, you go back home, you defend your home court, um, you go to Capital One, you go to the Vault. You got the Thunder coming into town. I mean, they have talent, Russ, PG, um, but they're on three in the season. They have their own issues to deal with. Then you got the Knicks the night after. I think we've seen the Knicks a billion times already in the first week of. Um, the NBA season, we played them twice in preseason. So we've seen the Knicks. They're 1-4 in the season. <clears throat> After that, got the Dallas Mavericks, who look good. I mean, that rookie, Luka Doncic, he looks good. <laughs> you can tell he's he's not really a rookie. I mean, he's a baller overseas, MVP overseas, champion overseas. So I got to put some respect on his name. But he looked great. He looks great. Um, So the Mavs, they're 2-2 two two as well. They're not over 500. Um, They are 500. But that's a winnable game. That's a team that's just now been put together. Wizards should win that game. They have experience. You should win those games. These are games you have to win, especially at home. And then after that, you got Mo Bamba in them. You got Mo Bamba, Aaron Gordon, and the Magic at home. They're 2-2 two and two as well. Those next seven games are all winnable games. So all games that the Wizards can rebound upon. Now, imagine, <clears throat> just imagine right now, 
the Wizards, they're one and three. Let's say you win all seven of your next seven games. I know it's a reach because the Wizards tend to slump. What if you win seven straight? You go after this seven, after this West Coast road trip, you defend home floor, you're eight and three. But let's say you win five. That's still decent. That's still decent. This is a big, big stretch they have coming up. And I don't think any Wizards fan, I don't think any analyst, any local expert <laughs> predicted the Wizards would win this game. I mean, they just don't have enough. And that's not a knock on the Wizards. It's just the majority of the teams in the NBA don't have enough. Unless you have LeBron James, you might still not have enough. You know what I'm saying? So um, you'll take it on the chin. That's what happens when you play a really good team. Steve Kerr is a great guy, and you're playing at Oracle, probably the best home court advantage in the NBA. And uh, <clears throat> that's just how that's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes. So um, 11 minutes in, we're going to take a break to get a word from our local sponsors, and we will be right back to talk what we're proud of, what we like to see, when's Dwight coming back, and much more. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Welcome back to Locked On Wizards, your daily news from local experts, part of the Locked On Network. My name is Quentin Mayo. Without my co-host, the first lady of DC family, Becca MVP. So because she's not here today, I want you guys to add her on Twitter and say, Becca, Quinn misses you. If y'all could do that for me, I'd definitely appreciate it because I definitely miss my homie. I miss her. Without her, I feel like a piece of me is missing. So um, make sure I go show her some love, but she's fine. She's good. Um, schedules, you know, sometimes she'll have a pod- the podcast by herself. Sometimes I'll have the podcast by myself. And uh, sometimes we'll bring in some other guests and some other things to keep things moving, keep things fresh. But I definitely miss her. But everything is good with her. Um, the show must go on. But like I said, I don't know if she really want to be here for this one because this, this was a rough one. This was a rough one. So <clears throat> you got the Kings coming up. Sacramento won last night. They beat the Memphis Grizzlies, two of the teams the Wizards have to play these next three games. Um, De'Aaron Fox did his thing. De'Aaron Fox had 21 points, eight rebounds, and six assists. So if I, when I look at the uh, the Kings roster, I look at them as a team. I mean, they're not scary. They're not scary. You got Justin Jackson. Uh, you got um, Willie Cully Stein. You got Buddy Hill, De'Aaron Fox, Marvin Bagley. That's my boy, Marvin Bagley. Shout out Marvin Bagley, Dream. Um, then you got Yogi Ferrell, Harry Giles. I mean, this team's not, it's not, come on, it's not going to state. It's not even close. So the Wizards can redeem themselves, go in here, get this win, and then you try to string those wins along. If a team is chasing 50 wins, this is something the Wizards have been chasing for quite some time now. If they're chasing 50 wins, you want to be known as, as a team that's in that upper echelon, a team that's really competitive, a team that can make some noise in the postseason. That 50 win mark means a lot. So to get to 50 wins, you have to win games like this. You have to defend home court. You have to win games against inferior opponents, and you can't. You absolutely can't play down to the level of your competition. 
this is not a trap game by any means because this is like a redemption game. You got to get your flow rolling on this West Coast road trip. John Wall, you cut your hair, bro. Got to move a little faster. You're a little more aerodynamic. You got to get things done. So they'll be playing um, the Kings coming up soon. And, you know, that should be a W. But one thing I want to talk about is when Dwight Howard is coming back. Now, there's been news notes swirling around about when he's coming back. He's been cleared to return. Scott Brooks is trying to take his time with Dwight. Dwight Howard also did not make the trip to the West Coast. So if I could assume a time for him to come back, I personally think he's going to miss 10 to 15 games. I mean, 20 was the initial report um, when this was first announced, even though they were trying to, there's a lot of media trying to say, you know, he's coming back for preseason. No, they want to slowly move him back into this team. They don't want to rush anything because he's the biggest piece they brought in this offseason. He means a lot. He means a lot. But I would think by the time they get home against the Mavericks or maybe the Magic, Dwight Howard should be available. I mean, they say he's clear. They say he says he's ready to go. So I think maybe they're just waiting to get back home, some home cooking, allow him to ease in a few minutes against um, some inferior opponents, quote-unquote, in front of the home crowd. I think that would be a good time to see Dwight Howard. Again, we don't want him to rush back. You want him to be full strength because once Dwight Howard is inserted into this lineup, Wizards fans, there's no more excuses. We can't keep saying, oh, well, lost to the Heat, but we didn't have Dwight Howard. Or we lost to the Raptors, but we didn't have Dwight Howard. Well, the Heat didn't have a few of their star players. They didn't have Deion Waiters. They didn't have a lot of their star players. And they were on the second half of back-to-back. And you lost to the Raptors. Okay, you didn't have Dwight Howard. Well, they didn't have Kawhi Leonard who, if Steph doesn't drop 51 last night, Kawhi Leonard is still in the top four or five conversations for MVP. He's just casually dropping 30-point games here and there like it's nothing. So, um, yeah, you can't use that excuse anymore when he comes back. So it's going to be interesting to see, especially with a stagnant offense like this offense is. Like, don't get me started. The Wizards, they don't have any ball movement. Like I said, they've ranked fourth. Um, what is it? They're ranking the bottom four in the NBA in assists. So this is a player that was used to getting the ball in his hands a lot in the post, going to work while he was in Charlotte to the point where they were calling him a black hole because once he gets the ball down in the paint, he doesn't pass it back out. So has he changed that style of play here? Has Scott Brooks been implementing a new style of offense with him? Is he even implementing a style of offense in general? That's yet to be seen. So we got to see it. Um, But, yeah, we'll see how he fits into that rotation. Um, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't do a whole entire podcast without talking about a guy by the name of Otto Porter. Now, now last night, Otto Porter had 12 points, shot five for nine from the field, two for six from three-point range. He looked okay. He looked okay. He looked decent. He looked decent. Um... He was finding spots. He was aggressive, especially early. Early on, he had a floater. He had a few threes that, you know, they look good. But you, you start to question what is being said in these locker rooms. Like, is Coach really pushing Otto as much as he said he's pushing him? And if so, then why isn't Otto responding? You need more out of Otto Porter. You do. This is supposed to be a big three. This is supposed to be your core three. 
and John Wall, I'm talking to you last night, but you know, last night was a blip, is an anomaly. Um, we'll just move on from that. But just in general, you need more from Auto Porter. I'm going to keep coming on here and saying it. You need more. Now, it starts with the coaching. Coaches have to put their players in the right situations, the right circumstances to get off. You can't just tell all these players, hey, I want all of you guys to just be ISO players, ball-dominant players, and get your own buckets. That is hard. That's difficult. As much as players pride themselves on getting off by themselves and, and being a great one-on-one player, everybody isn't built for that. Everybody can't do that. Otto Porter, can he can create his own shot. He can't create it his best. He can't create his own shot as well as Bradley and John. But he can create his own shot. But you don't want to put all that pressure on players that shoot the ball as well as he does. For example, Steph Curry, and I always say this every time we talk about it. Steph Curry is getting screens. He He's getting the ball at the top of the key. He's bringing the ball up the floor, mind you. Gets the ball to the top of the key. And if he's not jacking from 32, he dishes it off to KD or dishes it off to Clay or Draymond. And what does Steph do as soon as he passes that ball? He runs a beeline through the middle of the defense, and he chooses. Am I going to go left and take this off-ball screen and get to the corner and find my spot? Or am I going to go right and do the same thing? And every single time, for the most part, not every single time, for the most part, when he does it, the screen works, and he's open for a good look. Boom, he didn't have to create with the ball. He didn't have to dribble more than he has to. He's getting the ball in a catch-and-shoot position. He's a catch-and-shooter that can... And that's extremely good at creating his own shot off the dribble. That's what it is. The same thing needs to be implemented for Otto Porter. No, Otto's not bringing the ball up the floor. Of course not. But what about a few off-ball screens? What about a few pin downs? You got to get Otto away from his primary defender, which is the better matchup. Switch him on to somebody that's a guard or something. Somebody that's a little smaller, he can shoot right over. He can shoot over a lot of people. But free him up to just all he has to do when he gets the ball is focus on shooting it. I don't want to see Otto getting the ball in the corner, pass to him, and telling him, hey, you got six seconds left on the shot clock. Go on the post and do something. Dribble through your legs and give me a Hezo cross and pull up. No, you got to make it as easy as possible. That's why this Golden State Warriors team, if anything has gained from this loss to Golden State, it's got to be the freelance motion of the offense. It has to be. Because if you look past the four or five threes that Steph took just coming up the court, being amazing, contested, well-contested, just knocking them down, the rest of those shots were open. Open shots. He's getting open shots from his teammates because there's a lot of motion in the offense. It confuses John Wall and Bradley Bill. Bradley and John are chasing John and chasing Steph all over the floor, and by the time they get to him, Steph is wide open. He's shot the ball. He's already getting back on defense. You got to make it easier for these guys to score. Kelly Oubre is showing off as well. Showing off that he's worked on his dribbling all, all summer long, all offseason. His pad is better. It's more compact. It's tighter. But you don't want that to be his MO. That should not be anybody's MO. It should be team basketball. You got to get those assist numbers up. You got to. You can't be bottom four in the NBA in assist numbers and think you're a top-tier team. You know, the other teams that are bottom four in assists, are two of them are worse than the Wizards in terms of their record. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers and the New York Knicks. Those are the other two teams in the Eastern Conference. 
that are bottom four in assists. So you got to think about it. How can you, Scott Brooks, make it easier for your teammates, I mean for your players, to score? How can you make it easier for them to be productive, not use all their energy dribbling around, finding a shot, but just getting a shot? That's a challenge for the coach. It's a challenge for the coach. Well, if you sat through all 20 minutes of this podcast, I thank you, Knucklehead. I appreciate your time, and I appreciate you listening to me talk about stuff that I think I know what I'm talking about. But, you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I believe myself all the time. (laughs) I'm just playing. But I appreciate you sitting through this podcast. This is the Locked On Wizards podcast, a part of the Locked On Network, your daily news from local experts. I'm Quinn Mayo. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at T-O-Q-M underscore. I don't bite, but I do argue. I'll see you later, knuckleheads. Peace. Amazon Music app today.